0: Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message, you can find any new episodes that we're putting out, and if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff comes out every thursday it is free if you want it to be and you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com second this episode was produced during my time at our state magazine now i happen to think that most of it still holds up but some of the promo codes and websites that i mention may no longer work okay here's the show here's a question what is the most remote place you can think of Give it a little bit of thought. Picture it, if you can. Close your eyes if you have to, not if you're driving. All right, got it? Now, think about what makes it remote. Is it far away? Hard to get to? Is it a place you've never been? How about this? This place you're thinking of? Is it in this country? How about, is it in this state? And finally, what if you told me about this place? You think I'd agree with you? In fact, if you and I were sitting here talking, do you think we could even agree on what remote even means? I should introduce myself here. My name is Jeremy Markovich. I'm the senior writer for Our State Magazine, and my job is to think about what makes North Carolina special and then go there and then write about it. A few months ago, I thought to myself, what is the most remote spot in this state? I couldn't really come up with one good answer, so I went online and just asked. Some people mentioned mountaintops, islands, the bottom of a gorge, a bend in the river. One person talked about going down a road, which then led to another road, which then dead-ended. Some people called entire counties remote. A guy said that he knew one place was way out there because the only gas station nearby closed at 8 o'clock. One person talked about a cabin with no electricity or hot water. Another person had a suggestion and then said, you know, I don't know if this is remote enough. That one question I asked generated 103 responses. My point is, North Carolina has a lot of remote places. And so I thought, what would happen if I tried to visit as many of those places as I could? Because you know how people say, oh man, I need to get away. I'd say that a lot. I don't really know what I mean by that. It's just a thing I say when I'm stressed out. But maybe, if I did this, I could figure it out. That it wouldn't just be some empty phrase. That I could actually know, what does it mean to get away? I went to eight remote places, all over North Carolina, from one side of the state to the other. But to kick it off, I thought, why not think big? Why not just figure out what really is the most remote spot in North Carolina, and go there first? So, I did. It took me a day and a half to get there in the pouring rain, and only after we had reached our final destination, only then, only then, did somebody ask the question that maybe we should have asked in the first place. Who in their right mind would go out here? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. That's the big question. Welcome to Away Message, presented by R State Magazine. A podcast about what you find in hard to find places.
1: I have shoes.
0: Those are daddy's boots? Yes, they are. When I talk about going on a trip, sometimes my three year old son Charlie tells me what to pack. What else does Daddy use to go on a trip? A granola bar. A granola bar? For this trip, I packed six granola bars, which in Charlie terms means I must be going really far away. Charlie did not come with me, but it turns out the most remote spot in North Carolina is not necessarily out of the reach of toddlers. Lisa, baby, Lisa. That is video of a two-year-old girl singing baby beluga while riding in her mom's backpack deep in a forest. With you, In another video, the girl's dad is standing in the woods and starts pointing.
1: This is a 360-degree panoramic view of the North Carolina remote spot, and now you're looking north.
0: Not only had these people figured out where the most remote spot was in North Carolina, they'd gone there and brought their kid with them. So, I called them up on Skype. Is your daughter there? How old is is your daughter now? Can you tell how old you are? I'm eight years old. This is Skyla Means, the girl on the video. Do you remember the North Carolina remote spot, or were you too young? I think I was too young. Yeah. Her parents, Ryan and Rebecca Means, are biologists, as well as experienced backpackers. Eight years ago, Ryan got this idea.
1: There actually is a, an epiphany moment.
0: He was walking down a beach in Florida.
1: And I had a backpack on and kind of looked ridiculous amongst all of the scantily clad people. Wondering why some backpacker is walking on a beach. And I'm wondering to myself, geez, how can I get away from all of this?
0: And thus, Project Remote was born.
1: And that's how that, this started, as just a way to try to get away from people in Florida. And once we calculated Florida and
0: documented Florida's remote spot.
1: In the Everglades.
0: We were like, that was a lot of fun. Let's go to every state. Idaho and Montana both were in the mountains.
1: Alabama, Dolphin Island.
0: Maryland was on an island in the Chesapeake Bay. Now, you and I can argue all day long over what we feel is the most remote place, or even the definition of remote, but Ryan and Rebecca are scientists, and they wanted to have a scientific definition.
1: The maximum distance from a road.
0: That, by the way, does not settle arguments.
1: Many times people's minds are blown by... The fact that what the remote spot was there, are you kidding me? It's more remote over here in my backyard.
0: Still, where you have roads, you have people farms, cities, houses, parks, everything. Roads lead somewhere that people want to go. So basically, it holds true that where there are no roads, there are no people, and where there are no people, those are the really remote places. And what Ryan and Rebecca found is in a lot of places, it's really hard to get away from a road.
1: Not even barely two miles from a road in the entire state of Arkansas. That blows me away. We began to realize it was a story unfolding of remoteness in America as much as what isn't left of American remoteness.
0: If you look at a map of North Carolina, this state has about 80,000 miles of highways and roads in it. It just looks like a spider web. They're all over the place. Except... In one particular spot, a big green spot on the map, in western North Carolina, and that is the place where I was going to go. Can you send like the GPS coordinates of it so we can make sure like when we're there we're actually there? Uh, we'll have to talk about that. We're not releasing those coordinates. It's not that they don't trust me, but for a number of reasons, they only make the exact coordinates public if the landowner, public or private, says that it's okay and in North Carolina, that hasn't happened, at least not yet. So I had to figure it out on my own, and I had some clues. For one, Ryan and Rebecca had the video and a blog where they gave a recap of what trails they took, how far it was, and the exact distance the spot was away from a road. My buddy, Andrew Cornelak, said he'd come with me, and together, this is what we figured out. The most remote spot in North Carolina is inside the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, in the backcountry west of Bryson City, The land there's pretty rugged, and to get to the spot itself, it would take a three-day hike, round trip, and at the very end, getting to the spot would mean going off trail, which is not a thing you take lightly. So Andrew and I started asking around, basically for a guide. We called outdoors shops, we emailed hiking clubs, all asking if they knew someone who was experienced enough to take us deep into the Smokies on fairly short notice. Everybody said no, until after weeks of trying, I finally got a call back from a guy named Dwayne, Dwayne Parton, like Dolly Parton, not necessarily related, but same name. I hadn't even gotten into the specifics of where we were going or why we were doing it or even really who I was. And five minutes into the conversation, he said, yeah, I'll go. Sure. And so on a day in late May, I drove out west to Bryson City, had my last civilized meal,
1: Do you need Arby's
0: sauce? Ah, no, I'm good. Drove to the end of Lakeview Drive East, where the road dead ends into a tunnel. It's called the Road to Nowhere. It's appropriate. And that is where Andrew, Dwayne, and I met up face to face. How is it that everybody looks like they're packing lighter than I am? Like this giant pack on my back. (laughs) (laughs) I think your stuff is just bigger. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And we set off into the tunnel. Well, now there's an echo. The trail began on the other side, and from there, we had about six more miles to our campsite. And along the way, I learned a few things about Dwayne. For one thing, he'd hiked the entire length of the Appalachian Trail, during which time he attempted to eat 2,400 calories of Pop-Parts every day. And he'd gotten the nickname Jelly Jelly Bean. Because one time he'd shared his jelly beans with another hiker.
1: And I let him take out of the
0: jar and that hiker gave him norovirus. the norovirus. So I got the norovirus the next day. <laughs> God! <laughs> Once we got to Forney Creek, about halfway through our day, we took a break, waded into the water. It's chilly. It feels good though. Oh yeah, it does. Then got back on the trail and met a snake. <laughs> it stinks. Oh man, it does stink. What is that? What does that smell? It just smells like a skunk, kinda. Oh! But overall, the first day of hiking, not too bad. And it was only when we got to the campsite that we saw something that we really didn't expect. How are y'all doing? People. We got here yesterday? We
1: were surprised to see you walk into the campsite, to be honest, because in the last three years, we've hiked uh, close to
0: 300 miles, and we've run into maybe a dozen people the entire time. So they were just hanging out, their gear and shirts dangling from clotheslines, strung between trees. Yesterday was terrible. As in, it rained on them the entire day. And on top of that, and I can't begin to tell you how risky this is, they crossed a stream at flood stage. You know, when, when you really want to get back to nature, you have to take all of nature. It's not just the sunshine and blue skies. Jeff and Tony are old friends, now in their 50s. And every year, they ask their families if they want to come along with them on this big, long hiking trip. And every year, they say, eh, just show us the pictures when you get back. And be careful. My daughter said we're crazy for doing this, you know, at our age and everything. But, and they worry about if something happens. I mean, but if something happens, one of us is going to get out. I mean, and we've done this along, long, it don't matter. If something happens to us out here... We both said this is where we want to end up, right here, sitting under a tree for this is the greatest place in the world to be. And they just don't understand that. They don't. Jeff and Tony were both in the military, and they both look like really serious guys. And while this is going on, we're all staring at Dwayne, who has tied a slack line between two trees and is walking across like a trapeze artist. A little while later, we all go out to try and catch a brook trout from the gorgeous little mountain stream next to our campsite. I dropped it on the bank, and then rolled back in. Oh, man. <laughs> so, no trout for dinner. Instead, I had freeze-dried chicken teriyaki. Dwayne had a mix of rice and spam, and one of those little pouches of pureed food that my nine-month-old daughter eats. They're full of nutrients, Dwayne said. And remember the Pop-Tarts? They're excellent trail food, Dwayne told me. They give you an instant boost of simple sugar. That's instant energy. You know what's not great trail food? Granola bars. I started putting all the clues together. Beard, light backpack, sandals, extensive knowledge of trail nutrition, and assumed that Dwayne was the kind of guy who'd been hiking all of his life, who'd always loved the outdoors, who'd never had a care in the world. And it turns out I was wrong about all of those things. Did you do like a lot of
1: hiking up here as a kid? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't do much hiking at all. I hiked. I hiked 30 miles before I hiked the AT, and that was it. I just kind of felt like it was something I needed to do um, because of circumstances in my life, and I needed to. I needed a reset. What, what did you need to reset? Um, well, the truth. I went through a, a really nasty divorce. Everything that you knew about yourself is gone. It's like you wake up, and then someone that you love tells you, "Hey." Uh, I don't love you. Oh my gosh, what just happened? You're floored. And that's the start. That, that's the catalyst that gets you, well, I need, to, I need to fix it. And not that you can fix that, but there's something in you that gets broken in that, and you need to make penance with it, if that's the right word. Reconcile.
0: After that, he decided to hike the Appalachian Trail.
1: I turned 30 when I finished. The day I finished, I turned 30. So, I mean, that's, that's like hitting two major life goals, yeah. at, like in the exact same day. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I finished the AT, I came back to Bryson and uh, sat for seven months, kind of got, felt like I was getting stagnant.
0: And that's when he realized, I'm a web developer. I can work from wherever I want.
1: So I decided I was going to take a drive to Alaska because that was as far as you could drive in the U.S. Spent seven months in Alaska, hanging out in Anchorage, hanging out in Fairbanks, drove to Dead Horse. Spent the summer in Montana. Then I drove back to Alaska and spent a month in Oregon. And Then I drove back to North Carolina, and now I'm here. What did you learn about yourself after doing all that? I don't know if it's like anything specific. You just more like, you feel more confident in who you are. Like if singing is your example, you know, maybe my voice is just never meant to sound like, someone that can sing really well and just come into grips with that. Like that's just who I am and that's okay. Like having peace with just being who you are instead of trying to be someone that you're not, I think is a pretty big part of being alone.
0: That night, after we'd all gone to bed, I saw bright lights flashing through the fabric of my tent. Must be a flashlight, I thought, or maybe some heat lightning. But then Dwayne came over and told me to come outside. Where are the fireflies? They were the brightest fireflies I'd ever seen. Oh, I see them. They're just like...
1: Like right there.
0: It was an illuminating end to an illuminating day. So it's almost 9 o'clock on day two, and that sound is the rain that's hitting my tent. It started raining again. Uh, This is like the third or fourth time that it's been... Uh, a downpour out here also this tent is very old so it is not quite as waterproof as i would like so here's the thing about the smokies how's the weather it's wet (laughs) really wet this is a rainforest and i'm not being dramatic it's a temperate rainforest the wettest spot in north carolina i don't think i've ever been in the smokies when it's not been raining so and then the problem started problem one Rain and microphones don't mix. This may not work very well, it might be wet. That was minor compared to this. And you have your GPS, so we're can we be able to find it. What's that? Do you have your GPS? Nope. (laughs) You don't. All right. Short version, if we didn't have GPS, we couldn't be certain that we were in the remote spot. Thankfully, my iPhone, which had been fairly useless out here without cell phone service, all of a sudden became very useful. Not only did the GPS work, but it also served as a voice recorder. Two problems, one solution. So we started off on day two, and right off the bat, we had a massive climb, 2,500 feet up in just three miles. We're on Welch Ridge now. That was a a pain in the butt to get up here. Yep, Yeah. nice and steep. (laughs) Yeah, just up. It's still a pain in the butt. And then, after about a mile, We got to the point where we had to leave the trail behind. If we start making our way down the hill there, I think we'll hit it. You guys ready to go? Yep. Yep. All right. It was thick, and Dwayne was wearing a green polyester shirt. Where'd you go? Uh, (laughs) It's a problem when you wear green. Everything here was green. The lichen was pale green. The leaves on the oaks and hickories were darker green. The ferns and tulip poplars were almost highlighter green. There was green on every spot of ground, everywhere. It was the most lush place I've ever seen in North Carolina. It looked like it was drawn and painted by a Disney illustrator. And I was taking in this beautiful sight when I fell. There we go. Ah. Yeah, I just muddy and slip. Ah. On my phone, my location was represented by a blue dot. The remote spot was a red pin. And I just got closer. Could be it. And closer. God, we are so close. This part felt like a video game, trying to make the blue dot touch the red pin until finally. This is it. This definitely looks like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Day and a half to come to whatever this is. There's not a dry spot in this forest. Oh my gosh, no. And then I got this feeling that I hadn't expected. What do you what do you think? About like all the distance to come here. Um. You're well, like, where the heck did you lead me? Yeah. <laughs> Who in the right mind would go out here? <laughs> Nobody. You know that feeling when you tell your friends that a party is gonna be awesome, and then y'all get there and it's not awesome? That's the feeling I had. What do you What do you think about about this? You know, this is, quote, the spot, but Uh, it'd be even
1: cooler if we saw a bear. That would make it cool.
0: It was just a spot in the woods. It looked like any other spot in the woods. All we could hear was rain. All we could see was leaves and clouds. And this was the kicker. This spot, the most remote spot in North Carolina. Take a guess. How far do you think it is from a road? It's a crazy thing. This is only, as the crow flies, like five and a half miles from a road. From where we started. Boy, if you drop someone five miles from the road, though, they might be in here forever. <laughs> we'd spent a day and a half hiking to a random spot that was only five and a half miles away from a road. It felt anticlimactic. This was as remote as I could get, as far away as I could get, and I didn't really feel any different. I figured we'd stay here for a while, but it was rainy and wet. And 15 minutes later... i say we take some pictures and start moving. Yep. I'm good with that. You good with that? I'm good with that. All right. All right. And I thought that was the end of the story. Okay. Um, postscript. Uh, we were going to camp on the last uh, night. Uh, one more night. and uh, And then hike out in the morning on Wednesday morning. Uh, But we decided not to do that. We decided to go ahead and just hike on out because it was raining and we just didn't want to spend another wet night in camp. Okay, here's what happened. First up, we found the trail again after we'd left the remote spot. Then we saw a grouse, and then hiked over to an abandoned ranger's cabin. They should rebuild this.
1: This is cool.
0: The rain was not letting up, so we called an audible and hike all the way out. A nine-mile day turned into a 16-mile day with soggy gears and heavy packs, and with every last ounce of energy we had, we got out, just before nightfall. We started at the tunnel, and we ended at the tunnel, and literally, at the very end, I cannot tell you how much I was looking forward to walking toward the light at the end of the tunnel. It is the worst cliche, but literally, um, I walked toward the light, and it was good. That night Dwayne, Andrew and I had pizza and beer in Bryson City. By then the rain had let up and you could see wispy white clouds hanging among the green mountains. And I remembered what Dwayne had said about his reason for coming with us.
1: Even though I was on the trail for so long, I kind of for- I've forgotten what it feels like to be on the trail. So you come out and you set up camp and you're walking around in the woods and there's no no internet to distract you. It's kind of like, oh wow, this is this is kind of nice. Like like, oh wow, this feels good. I forgot how good this feels.
0: Remote isn't always a place. Sometimes, it's a state of mind. Alright, so that's just one spot. Over the next seven episodes, I'll be crisscrossing the state looking for even more remote places, including one that is right off the coast of North Carolina. It's home to a shipwreck, hiding in just 20 feet of water. For more than a hundred years when we first saw it and you know both of us have seen a lot of wrecks in our careers both of us were just amazed how could a huge boat go missing for so long less than a half mile off the beach a remote place that's hiding in plain sight that's coming up in our next episode away message is produced written and edited by me jeremy markovich our digital manager is andy busom our music coordinator is rosalie cadenoso and our editor-in-chief is elizabeth hudson our theme song which you're listening to right now is by the collection a band from right here in winston-salem north carolina a big special thank you to a lot of people including ellen snodgrass and ben king and bryson city along with katie quine tommy tomlinson ava holland Stuart watson and everybody else who helped provide a lot of feedback if you'd like to see some pictures from this trip and learn more about project remote you can head over to our website away.rstate.com. This podcast is a production of Our State Magazine, celebrating North Carolina for more than 80 years. If you've subscribed to our show, we would love it if you subscribe subscribed to our magazine. It is gorgeous, all about North Carolina. If you want to get a, a few issues on the cheap, head over to rstate.com, click trial under the subscribe tab. You can get three issues for five bucks. And if you like what you hear, make sure you give us feedback and a good rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help other people find out about the show. And one last question this week, who names their kid Dwayne? The answer, a guy named Wayne. When I was driving to Murphy, I saw a sign for Wayne Parton. Is that's that, t- that's your dad? <laughs> I'm like, well, they're Dwayne and Wayne. I'm like, there's no way that that could be a coincidence. Uh, and a brother named Blaine. Oh man. So Blaine, Dwayne, and Wayne. And Landon. (laughs) And Landon. How did Landon get away from all
1: that? Landon was supposed to be named Zane, but my dad said no more Ains.
0: So (laughs) that's how. (laughs) We're heading back out to another remote part of North Carolina. We'll talk to you again next Thursday.